Hello, creeps. Welcome to the Horror Vanguard. I'll be your ghost. I mean host for today's exciting tale of terror. Black Death or Boromir in a world without God. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to your mini-episode this week. Today, we are talking about a fantastic, maybe sword and sorcery, maybe darkly realistic film, 2010's Black Death. How's it going, John? Hey, doing good, doing good. Happy to be here. Uh, happy to be talking about uh, this film for reasons that will become very clear. <laughs> um, yeah. This is going to be a good episode. I have a, I have a good feeling about this one. I, I was really skeptical when I started watching the movie, but I have a good feeling about talking about it now. Oh, absolutely! It, this this film very quickly won me around. I was a little bit skeptical too. And you know what? You know what? It's it's all down to Boromir. I think I think Boromir is is the <laughs> the cement. It's the masonry that holds this film together. You know what? This is. You should probably you should probably explain what you're talking about here. What 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 are we t- what are we talking about here today, Ash? Can you explain Black Death? The title does does tell you a lot. What devilry is this, John? One does not simply walk into podcasting. Its black gates are guarded by more than just supporters. There is an evil that does not sleep, and the listener is ever watchful. It is a barren wasteland riddled with fire and ashes, criticism and dust. The very air you breathe is a poisonous fume. Not with 10,000 Marxists could we critique this film. It is folly. When you pick a movie like this, you carry the fate of us all, little one. If, if this is indeed the will of the console, then Gondor, I, I mean this podcast, will see it done. When I think of this movie, I think that is, it is a strange fate that we should suffer so much fear and doubt over a thing so small. Such a little thing as 2010's Black Death. Did they have a cave troll write this script? I'm tempted to say <laughs> I'm tempted to say this is no podcast but a tomb. However, our listeners, our people, our people, I would have followed you, my brother, my captain, my king, my co-host, no matter what late 2000 Sean Bean vehicle you pick. I only ask for the strength to record my podcast and that our criticism is still sharp. Uh I, I I'm I'm honestly sort of slightly moved. Um, can we put like some Howard Shaw orchestral strings <laughs> when, when you edit this together? Please, S- sweeping please. music, I, some sword and sorcery action sound effects. I I am I'm begging you, please put <laughs> please put like a dramatic hero score beneath that. That was amazing. I am I am so happy right now. That was that was uh, no yes. way all of Boromir's big lines from the Lord of the Rings movies. Yes, we are talking about what I described to Ash before we started recording as Game of Thrones, but made by fundamentalist tradcats. <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about um Black Death. Our premise is it is the 1300s? 1300s. Let's say the 1300s. And um, a young Eddie Redmayne is playing a lascivious monk in classic gothic fiction style who leaves the monastery to act as a guide for Sean Bean slash Boromir. Um, we won't refer to him as his character name. There's literally no point 
it's it's Sean Bean yep. who is acting as an as an emissary for Bishop, <laughs> uh, le- leading a squad of uh, the the 13th century equivalent of the A team to an abandoned village <laughs> where the, the the dangerous plague has not yet uh, been uh, uh, spotted, and the reason this 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 remote village that lies through the marshes has been protected is reputedly down to the presence of a necromancer who through black magic and bringing back the dead is able to uh i don't know the script kind of hand waves this away (laughs) (laughs) so we we arrive in the village it all gets a bit uh wicker man we're talking about but uh and and that's the film that's basically the film in a nutshell where should we start where should we start well this is this is easily eddie redmayne's best role Oh, absolutely. Ab- absolutely! I can't believe he's 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 won two Oscars and neither of them worked for this. S- seriously, it it is it is shocking to me. He did he did that like he did he did like this low budget children's movie. Um, I don't I don't know if anybody remembered it. It was it was like Grankle Dang and the Mysterious Animals of What's It or something. No one saw it. This is this is the mm, pinnacle of his. Doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> um. Yes, he, Eddie Redmayne is um a monk who basically his job is to um stare at things quite a lot. <laughs> um that's basically that's basically it um to speak in latin quite badly when it's required um and to to wear a robe that's a monk habit that's that's basically all he's he does in the film um we are ragging on this film a bit but a bit uh, honestly <laughs> and it will continue but honestly yeah it will it will continue but honestly you know what i kind of enjoyed this a lot in places it's very uh sword and sorcery yes. there are some there there's some there are some fun uh sword fights it is pretty brutal in places if you are uh because you know what you you know what you're getting right with a film that's titled black death you know what you're expecting <laughs> You want swords, uh, you want Sean Bean to get murdered horribly, don't worry, it totally does happen. Um, yeah, you get exactly what you might have been expecting. It wouldn't be a Sean Bean movie if Sean Bean wasn't horribly murdered at some point. <laughs> uh, this one is particularly impressive. He is uh, literally torn apart by horses whilst refusing to renounce his uh, religious faith, um, which I think brings us on to... to maybe the big part of the film that's the most critically interesting even if the film as a whole is deeply aesthetically flawed uh which is for the first time in a while this is a horror movie that is one historical and two it's very explicitly about religion yeah yeah this movie does not shy away with the religious subtext um which means that we're basically dealing with a folk horror film here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, this is this is deeply religious. It's folk horror. It's a darker version of Solomon Kane with less, more sword, less sorcery. You sound a little bit disappointed, and we'll we'll get well, to the reasons. We we will get into my disappointment with this second half of this movie. <laughs> but but in the kind of lead up to this, what do you think about because? The religious part of it is very important for the second half of the film. What do you think about the role and function of religion, specifically in a plague slash pandemic film like this? So I think I think the the religious 
points in this movie are really interesting in some ways and not very interesting in others, which we'll, we'll get onto when we get to the big twist at the end. Um, but I think that like, like we see a lot of kind of uh, like, like there's so much misinformation, right? Because this is like a classic depiction of, of the black death that swept Europe, you know, in, in, in yep. medieval times, the restaurant and killed everyone who ate there. Yep. And, and we, we see, we see like the classic misinformation where people are like, Oh, is it, is it witches causing this plague? You know, like, oh, okay, like, like, do this and you won't be infected. And I, I, I find that really interesting because a lot of that misinformation, it feels like what we're experiencing today. And a lot of it feels like people in power manipulating a, a global health crisis to, to gain more yeah. power. You know, like, oh, you, oh yeah, you, you, don't, you don't need a mask in America. You don't need gloves. You can go back to work. Everything's fine. You know, the plague, the plague isn't that bad. Like, it's it's that same kind of mythologizing that's coming from people of power that's specifically designed to make them more power and money and weaken their political opposition aka us the working class yeah absolutely and this idea that there is a that there is a kind of parasitic uh class in this case the the monk or priest class which is represented by oswald play uh, eddie redmayne's character who uh have a particular kind of power uh as a monk, he has the ability to absolve people of their sins, um, but they're not able to do anything other than offer this kind of misinformation. And this misinformation in this film is deeply violent, right? You know, Ulrich, uh, Sean Bean, Sean Bean, Boromir, um, is essentially like a fundamental, a religious fundamentalist um, who believes that you can only bring uh, peace through the sword. Like, and the, this village is under the judgment of god so any kind of violence you dish out towards the other if you do it in the name of religion is is kind of instantly morally excusable and just as you said you can point to the same thing happening right this idea of like oh well who do we blame for this happening mm -hmm. who do we blame uh you've got a lot of talk about oh this is the chinese virus covid19 it's the fault of china which is almost always wrapped up in some orientalist racism as well there's some sinophobic language about uh the 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 dangerous communistic other that exists over there but as there's a really interesting point in this film where they realize that actually you know the maybe the really troubling question about the black death that they're forced to confront is what if causation is the wrong question to be asking right this idea of how was this caused oh this is god's judgment oh it was caused by witchcraft but what if causation just doesn't enter into it at all you know viruses don't care <laughs> plague the, the the plague the plague literally has no agency it's not an, it's uh it's not something that chooses to act in particular ways um but that that brings us into the kind of second half of the film and this is the bit that i think we both thought is the most critically interesting and aesthetically structurally the least successful <laughs> um accurate so Here's the big spoiler, right? Do you want to give the spoiler? Yeah, yeah. Spoiler spoiler warning in full effect, obviously. You know the deal by now. Um <laughs> what does the second what does the second half of this film kind of reveal? So so the first half of this film, uh, uh as, as we're describing, we have a we have a ragtag medieval A team heading to heading to a village that's led by a necromancer, and the necromancer is in league with Satan and and using their evil powers to protect them from the plague. Um we have we have a B plot, and that's uh, one of one of our one of our characters that's in the A team is in love with with a woman who ran off into the woods, 
And he, he's been waiting for a sign from God to go to the woods and find her. Right on the way, he finds her her bloody clothes and assumes she's dead. When he gets to the village, he sees her brought back to life. And here's here's where the plot diverges. Um, so the director, Christopher Smith, did extensive rewrites on the second half of the film. Um, and the original draft of the script, the second half of the film, is full of necromancers. Our, our love interest is, is a reincarnated Satan. It's got magic powers. It brings the sorcery to our sword and sorcery film. Uh, Christopher Smith did some extensive rewrites and took out all of the magic, all of the um, like extant spirituality, the miracles, Satan, and just made it people. So, like, let's let's kind of flesh this out a bit. So, our medieval A team, led by Sean Bean, end up at the village. They they are drugged and captured and tortured. Uh, in order to try and get them to renounce their faith, mm-hmm. one of them, uh, one of them is crucified. One says that they're going to renounce and is led off and is immediately given the traitor's death, which is death by hanging. And uh, Eddie Redmayne's character is told, you know, get out of the cell because we brought the woman you love back. She's over there, and you can you can stay here and you can be you can be happy in this weird murder cult, and it'll be gr- <laughs> and it'll be and it'll be great. And so he walks off into this house where he finds what is apparently the the uh, the resurrected body of the woman that he's been in love with. And what he does is he pulls out a knife and stabs her, and she dies. And he comes uh, comes back out holding her body and says, "No, she's with God, and so am I. I'm not going to renounce my faith." Uh, and this that's kind of played as like a a hero moment by the by the film. It's certainly set up that way. Mm-hmm. Do you want to kind of pick it up from there and kind of flesh this out a little bit? Because I think the changes mean that that is completely the wrong way to read this film. <laughs> yeah, I think um, for me, like this is like like a lot of like, so there's a gothic strain in sword and sorcery that gets really, really dark. I referenced the Solomon Kane movie earlier. It's a very, a very dark, a very morbid film. But there's an earnestness, right? Solomon Cain, like there are wizards and witches and magic and kind of things in that world. With this movie, though, when you kind of pull the rug out from underneath that, and like this movie, there, there is, there is no god in the in the world of Black Death, right? There's no, there's no magic. There, there's nothing beyond the material and the fiction of this film, which is it's which is said explicitly by one of the characters mm-hmm. that there is no god, and that that makes this ending like really really terrifying i think in a way they didn't intend because now you have people uh, uh killing and dying for for if if the god that they pray to doesn't exist then it only exists to sustain the political power of the priest class it's it's a yes exactly it is nothing more than a tool of manipulation and it can never be anything greater than that any good that it does is pure accident and and i think this film unintentionally trips into something that dark and complex and it doesn't i don't know if it doesn't really realize yeah i don't i don't know if it knows it's gone there or at least i don't i don't know if the film knows that it's 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 kind of inviting this kind of discourse yeah because that means that not only is there is no god but there is no necromancy there is Mm -hmm. no there is no uh alternative spiritual power that can bring people back to life um and the film does it the film kind of sets it up uh you know there is 
the whole point of folk horror is that you encounter um you know the past often expressed in the context of like uh strange religious practices mm-hmm. uh and violence in what is supposed to be a more civilized present but here not only are you in an incredibly violent and deeply catholic past but there is no alternative there is no alternative spiritual power because it turns out yeah there there was no necromancy she was never really dead and so in his bid to show that he's kept his faith eddie redmayne just straight up murders the woman that he's supposed to be in love with yeah, it's like, it's so, the ending of this movie is so crushingly dark. It's so dark. It is so dark. And like, I, yeah, I just, you really, you really get the feeling that like, we needed more rewrites for an ending this dark. Um, Because it would have been incredibly interesting to have a film where we explicitly go, you know, the, the metaphysics that we've set up are that non-realist non-materialist metaphysics yeah that's that's true and maybe that's a way of making sense of something seemingly agential and impersonal as a plague you don't have to do it within the scheme of any kind of theology but you could go yeah magic's real why not (laughs) (laughs) but the film the film sets up this really interesting argument and then just goes nah nah we're just gonna we're just gonna torture some people, and it's gonna be for nothing at all. Like this could have been this could have been a good like Lars von Trier style downer movie. Oh yeah, you know totally. where where these where these all these people who who ardently believe in in the strength of their religion and that they're on this kind of like righteous crusade, and then you've got this other group of people who ardently believe in in their spirituality and their magical practice, but it it turns out that they're all just lying to themselves and they're all being manipulated. And, and it's very dark, it's very grim, it's very bitter. No one is redeemed in the end, even though people die thinking that they've been saved. Um, but, like, those Lars von Trier movies are harder to make them look. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this one does not succeed. Because there's this there's this kind of insoluble conflict in this film. Because it it half of it is written in this idea that you know, religion, magic is a powerful and active force that is capable of like transforming how individuals act and behave. Uh, and the other half of this film just goes, yeah, it's all nonsense though. You know, it's, it, all of it's lies. It's just people being lied to. And I don't know if the film can hold all those things together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You really, you really feel like, and I think like the, the script edits in the second half of the film could have been a good movie on their own. Same with the first half of the movie. I just think like that, that transition comes really, really, really abruptly, you know, and we don't, we don't get like a good switch from a world where everyone earnestly believes in all of their magic powers to a world where there, there's nothing but the cruel brutality of strict materialism. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way of kind of reconciling those two things because it it you just can't <laughs> those things are in active contradiction absolutely and so it does make it, it makes the whole thing like uniquely depressing um because it ends with uh one of the leaders of the community being tortured as a uh you know 
magical practitioner in league with dark forces and oswald who's been eddie redmond's character who's been this kind of like naive and you know nice seemingly generally harmless uh person ends up becoming uh this misanthropic uh perpetrator of violence against women in the name of some kind of abstract revenge yep <laughs> i think that i think uh, that so- pretty pretty accurately sums up a lot of the issues that that wind up happening with the film um which is not to say this couldn't have been a good film but it's uh it's directed by a pretty notorious hack i think <laughs> um christopher smith who has done a number of different horror films and they have some very interesting ideas in them but i think tonally they often struggle to kind of like cohere into something whole and and like structurally sound because this one is just a mess when you when you look at how heavily it's clearly been rewritten in the second half yeah i think i think like to to smith's credit like this is this is the interesting kind of bad you know oh, where, yeah, totally. where a lot of a lot of unique and exciting things are going on here but like eh, there there are issues with execution but like i i, I would still recommend this movie uh, we don't really do recommend I, I, we don't really do recommendations very often but like the just visually this movie is really really interesting right it's it's really it's really, the colors are rich and deep it's really grimy like the the like uh german locations are just really interesting to see in film um i really really like that this is one of the few movies that's shot in sequential order so um yes you know, m- most movies cool. are kind of shot based on how you can do your shots in an order that gives you the least work you know, so if you have a bunch of shots that are in a kitchen, even though they're occurring at different times in the movie, you're going to shoot all those first or you'll shoot all those yeah. in one block just to just to use that set, get it done with and then go on to the next thing. But this movie was shot chronologically. And I think that that's really interesting, especially given the fact that the script was kind of like edited to kind of break the chronology a little bit. And the major the big major fight scene in the forest, they did it in an hour. Yeah, they filmed it incredibly quickly because they had to capture. They had to like get it while there was still light, so they they managed to shoot that entire um, forest scene, which I will not spoil, uh, in the space of an hour, which I actually do think is quite impressive. Yeah, and I know I know we've we've poured a lot of our focus into like the the tonality shift in the script and how that may or may not work and how that causes problems, but I think like Sean Bean as Boromir is great. Sean Bean's always good when he plays Boromir. Everybody else, the medieval, the medieval A team. Even though you probably will only remember about one of their names, is pretty good, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, and then like everybody's good. The necromancer is great. Like all the characters are really, they, they've got that sword and sorcery vibe. Like everybody is is just hitting it just right. It's just like oh, the big the, there's this big elephant in the room, and that's like let let's talk about the absence of God in a cruel universe. <laughs> uh yeah especially in a universe where you've spent a lot of time going uh god's everywhere you guys (laughs) yep yeah yeah i think like yeah we could talk about that all day (laughs) are there any other uh uh, plague or religious or sword and sorcery or boromir related topics you'd like to bring up no i mean i think you're completely correct it's it's it is a fun it's it's an it's 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 a mess but it's it's a mess in interesting ways um and you know like i said we don't often do 
horror films which are like religiously inflected or uh, set in a specific historical period so that's pretty cool and i'm i am always i'm always happy when i find a new kind of folk horror yeah yeah i i I completely agree i love i love folk horror and i love this like i you know i I would go as far as to call this kind of like medieval setting a little underexplored you know like this germanic medieval high 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 fantasy ish like sword and sorcery atmosphere with gothic overtones this is like a deeply underexplored territory outside of like a very niche subset of sword and sorcery fiction and it's always good to see more things like this and uh, the witcher video games and stuff like that like digging into kind of the texts that are there yeah absolutely absolutely um but yeah that is that is our that is our pandemic minisode um it is it's an interesting film if you if you have liked it if you had further thoughts please do let us know um either uh, through twitter if you are one of our patrons do it through discord or through uh, patreon um and other than that we will see you next time thanks for tuning in creeps and remember stay spooky Ha 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 